Computer, load Mariner program all new Olympic training facility. You might want to back up a bit. Wow, this is a very detailed program. Sir, we've had a little problem. These two women are just arriving. They objected to giving up their weapons. Klingons do not surrender their weapons. Who are you? We are Lursa and Bator of the House of Duras. Hello and welcome to the Duras Sisters podcast. We are not Klingons, but we are sisters. And I'm Ashlyn. And I'm Rihanna. And today is the Lower Decks episode of our Holodeck series. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a lot more decks than I was expecting. (laughs) Listeners, you know, if you're just joining us in this Holodeck series for the first time and looking for a Picard episode, fear not, we will be doing a Picard episode of the Holodeck series, but we skipped it this time since Picard isn't done yet and we're waiting see when our little Moriarty appears again uh, <laughs> since we saw him in the trailers so we knew we had to wait so welcome to Lower Decks we are just cruising right along with this holodeck series yeah I was really hoping that we could include Picard there's probably going to be more holodeck to come but that's going to be a fun episode Rihanna and I looking ahead a little bit I announced at the end of the last episode that Engineers will be our next series So if you didn't listen to the end of the last one, uh, that's the announcement. If you are a patron, you've actually known that for about a month. So if you want to know info long before you find it out on the main feed, you can be as cool as MC Freudis, Spotted Giraffe, Isabel, David Willett, Kurlan Naskos, Wolf Wit, Rick Mason, John T. Bolds, Gildara, Jeff Richardson, Never Otter Even, Anity Post, T. Alexander, Ivan Fetch, and Michelle. Thank you for being our patrons and for having this foreknowledge (laughs) of the series with us. I think in between the the start of the next series, we will be doing a little bit of catch-up because... And I'm really excited because, Rihanna, this is actually something new that we have not ever done before. The pilot series is the only exception to this. But in case you all forgot, because Star Trek is constantly updating and episodes are literally dropping every week... We have to keep our series up to date, and so we will be returning to the time travel series to talk about Picard. We will be returning to Love and Affection, uh, First Office? Uh, I don't know. Well, like, a lot. (laughs) She does it. Like, here's the thing, is the sky's the limit, you know? It's just, like, we have to wait for enough content to make an episode for you, and some of these we just had to wait for a series to end, and some of these, you know, with Prodigy, First Officers, I'm, like, hoping to see, you know, Gwen in that position at some point, but who the hell knows, since everyone's changing around and no one's in Starfleet currently. (laughs) So just really exciting that we can do this for you. Do Have we decided what we're going to do? No, no. <laughs> like Actually, I'm not in an official discussion about this. <laughs> well, I, I am glad that we're I know, doing an episode. I know for sure Picard and Prodigy and like Strange New Worlds, like a lot of these older or a lot of these newer shows desperately needed to be added to the series because oh, Stra- like yeah. Strange New Worlds wasn't even out when we started the podcast. No, it's actually sad looking at our, because I made playlists on our Spotify for every series. And if you look at our Strange New Worlds playlist, it's literally like three episodes. And so it would be really nice to beef up some of these newer Trek that are finally have whole seasons out for us. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's going to be fun for us too to return to these series when we've had some in some cases, years, <laughs> like gaps of talking about these specific themes. So it's going to be really interesting, going to be some spicy returns, 
So yeah. I'm very excited about that. I'm going to have to like listen back to our, to, to, you know, get our knowledge from the past selves. So. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. I, I think a lot of the times that this podcast is helping my trivia knowledge so much, but also in some ways I feel like I just don't retain information the way I used to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I even listening to different trivia, Star Trek trivia episodes, or even shows that we've guested on, Rihanna, I will literally be thinking, I watched this episode last week, and I do not recall what it's called. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that happens all the time, especially being put on the spot or put on a pod like this, you know, I'll have this most beautiful point and then come to say it on the pod. And then forget it, and then like an hour later, I'll text Ashley, be like, oh, "I had a whole other thing to say, but it's just gone now." So into the it void. Happens. Well, but, that, yeah. that's what our social media is for. So you could just post <laughs> random hashtag something I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, would be a good segment for our, for our pod. <laughs> something yes. you forgot. Well, and Ashlyn, we were talking about our lovely patrons, and I just wanted to let all of our patrons know that your merch is being sent out. I sent it out on Tuesday. That was the, it was the 7th of March, I believe. So some of your stuff is probably coming very soon and international patrons just give it time. It will be there. But if any of you don't receive merch um, this month, please let me know and we can figure it out, but just give it some time. So I hope you enjoy. Absolutely. Yes. I think we need an action figure to help us along this journey. What do you think, Rihanna? Thank you for reminding us, because it's really like, roll the dice if we remember. (laughs) Especially on the Patreon. I don't think we've done that for weeks on the Patreon. I'm trying to think. There's also something else we need to, like, keep doing, but I I don't remember. I remember thinking the other day, like, there we we need to have, like, ongoing... I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone else remembers something we used to do that you liked... (laughs) Yeah, actually, because we do, we have changed things a lot over the years. So like, if you want us to return to a segment, please do. (laughs) Okay. You know what segment I'd like to return to is the one where we describe poorly, like an episode title. But that was only when we saw one episode a week, you know? Wow. Throwback. Cute. (laughs) Yeah, mine's cute too. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Awesome. All right, Rihanna. Um, I have Dr. Beverly Crusher. <laughs> oh, you got like blue coat looking beautiful. Yes. Yeah. You can hear her squeaky squeaks. <laughs> she <laughs> she needs oil. to be oiled. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of a weird one. She's Playmates, but she has like a green shirt under her blue oh. doctor's coat. So I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I think Sometimes it's a. Sometimes the coloring is a little off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Rihanna, who do you have that's so darn cute? Well, I have original series check off here. Oh. He's just looking like himself, except, as my girlfriend says, a little Justin Bieber with his hair. So uh, his, his face is a little weird. I'll give her that. But he's very cute still. He's definitely got that 2010 specific middle school boys cut. I will agree with yes. that. Yeah. That's true, yeah. <laughs> Something going on there with Chekhov. But his hair was always a little weird in the original series. So we'll take it. Gotta be a wig, right? It's gotta be. I have no idea, but... <laughs> anyway. Okay. okay. Um, so now that we have our friends, Ashlyn, let's um, tell you about my other friends I have in the stands today, oh. guesting on our pod. I brought along... So I have no Lower Decks action figures, so I brought along Cowboy Troy, uh, <laughs> Thomas Riker, and... Brandon, Sp- you, have, you have to make them all rhyme. You have Cowboy Troy. <laughs> yeah, Cowboy Troy, Spock... Joy from saving <laughs> everyone in Wrath of Khan, and okay. William Rikers on as well. <laughs> that did not work, dude. I can't not write. He's 
not even William. He's Tom. Thomas Riker is here. <laughs> and they all have themes because they're all kind of mentioned in Lower Decks. So that's as close as I could get this week. Very wonderful. Yeah. Where are the Lower Decks action figures? <laughs> yeah. I, I heard that they were making some Prodigy ones. And so we're still waiting for those. And then just heard nothing about Lower Decks. <laughs> so I don't know, frankly. But... I do have my Rutherford pin here with me today, so... Oh, yeah, and I'm decked I'm out, whole literally. Outfit. I'm in my Lower Decks outfit. The same one that I saw Kate Mulgrew in, so every time I, like, oh. wear it, I feel like it has Kate Mulgrew it's energy, blessed. like, coming off of it. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm looking at here my picture of Janeway's statue that I hang, I hung above uh, my lamp. So she just looks at me and tells me that we're going to have a good pod. <laughs> Amazing. I love that this has suddenly become a tour of our podcasting studio. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> It, you know, because you all don't see what we're, we're seeing. So, um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, if we have any listeners left. <laughs> it's a slow open. You can though, turn so. up the volume again. We're back. We're going to talk about Star Trek now. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we are going to talk about Star Trek. We actually have another very exciting announcement. Um, Ashlyn, would you like to tell our listeners what we are doing oh my gosh 24 yeah so this is the (laughs) furthest thing out we've ever planned on the Uh pod obviously you know that we are great pals with strange new pod if you're not listening to their weekly reviews of picard what are you doing literally anyway so we've teamed up with them because we had such a blast during picard week last year and this year Next year, because of the conclusion of Discovery with Season 5, we will be co-hosting a podcast festival that is all about Discovery. It is called The Last Days of Disco, A Farewell Tour. And we will be having many different podcasts taking part. And so we really encourage you to email us or Strange New Pod. Our email is the Podcast at gmail.com. And... Um, I think it's just a strange new pod at gmail.com. Yeah, hit them up as well. We are already, like, we're going to have meetings about this soon. Like, things are in the works. This is going to be really awesome. So if you're a Discovery fan, if you're a podcaster, please get in touch with us or mark your calendars for 2024, and we'll give you a better date later. (laughs) Yeah, once we know when Discovery is coming out, and we're just so thrilled to be co-hosting this. This is going to be, like, a whole new way of... uh, being our participant in the festival in a podcast festival like this and uh, it's all really thanks to strange new pod for inspiring us and i know that julian talked about being on the fence of doing picard week this year and so we're happy to always you know help our fellow podcasters and so excited to be co-hosting this with them yeah absolutely um okay well let's get on with it rihanna um we of course are talking about holodeck episodes and in Lower Decks, I feel like it's going to be a fun discussion because we have, there's, yeah, there's a lot going on. So here is our watch list. The first category is called Safety's On. We will be talking about Second Contact, Mugato Gumato, Wage Douge, and Room for Growth. The next section is Training Gone Wrong with Terminal Provocations, No Small Parts, and I Excretus. And of course, we will be ending the podcast with the Vindictiverse with Crisis Point and Crisis Point 2, Paradoxus. <laughs> wow, this is such a fun list. And Lower Decks has just a wonderful breadth of holodeck episodes. And I'm frankly, like, so glad that we get to kind of always use Lower Decks as a way to count our tropes and to see how many 
references they're going to make and see how many we talked about in our podcast episodes previously, you know. But first, Ashley, I must ask you, what do you think is the ultimate holodeck episode in Lower Decks? Well, I'm going to have to go with Crisis Point 1. This is, of course, the movie that Mariner makes for her therapy so she can get revenge <laughs> on her mom. It's... uh just a fantastic episode and was the first one I thought to really dive in head first into the deep end of references because they're pulling so many things from original series movies and it really stood out to me. I I think Crisis Point 2 is maybe a better episode, but because I've seen Crisis Point 1 so many times, I I just always think about that as a holodeck episode. So Rihanna, for you, what do you think of when you are thinking about holodeck on lower decks yeah <laughs> that's gonna get annoying <laughs> holodecks on lower decks <laughs> decks on decks yeah ashlyn you know i was first like hmm crisis point one like it's never been my favorite because mary's so wild at it but like i also now that you're saying it it absolutely is i feel like the ultimate holodeck episode because i think about these others and they're definitely the holodeck is involved but it's not spending the entire time in there. And I think that's because Lower Decks hasn't really done a like stuck in the tra- trapped in the holodeck episode yet. We have Prodigy to watch for that. We have a lot of other episodes that cover that stuff and Lower Decks just hasn't. And so it is interesting that now that I'm looking at it, you're absolutely right. I think that really though, Crisis Point 2 can be its only contender because of, like Mariner said though, the success of Crisis Point 1. Is all, it's all because of the first one that the second one is here. So that the second one is here. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to just agree with you. Wow. You told me. At first I was like, no, she's wrong. And then immediately I was like, she's right. <laughs> 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 yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be talking about those movies at the end. But Ashlyn, let's start with just the time off and the uh, safety's on section that we're calling it. Essentially, we're talking about any of the rec time that we see featured here in Lower Decks. Yeah, and I think a great place to start is the beginning with Second Contact. This is literally only a two-minute scene that they're on the holodeck, but I actually think it helps set up the idea of a holodeck really well. Obviously, every Star Trek show has to be prepared for new people coming on board, And if you are like Tendi and never seen a holodeck before, she's the perfect character to follow. She's touching the sand. I think they're on a beach in Hawaii is where Mariner takes them first. Boimler alarmingly says he always gets rashes from the sand. (laughs) And finds out that no one else does. Yeah, no one else does. (laughs) And then Tendi gets to see a place on Orion that she never got to visit. Boimler gets to go to the warp core. The only like main thing I want to bring up is the fact that Tendi has never seen a holodeck before. So we've talked about this in our other series that some like Starfleet brats, some these kids like grew up yeah. with Flotter and grew up with the holodeck, you know, like they can mm-hmm. use it all the time. I would imagine that like wealthy people have holodecks in their houses mm-hmm. or people that have a lot of like energy. I don't know what wealth is yeah. in the future. <laughs> Powerful people like 
the president has a holodeck? I don't know. I'm um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and the president of Earth. Yeah, the Earth, they both just chilling on the holodeck. But other worlds, like Orion, we have no idea what's going on with their holodeck situation. So I yeah. think it was cool to see Lower Decks takes place a little after the movie Nemesis, that we've gone really far in the Star Trek universe, and there are still characters who don't know what holodecks are. So I think it just gives a little more background on how like widely this type of technology is shared and it's maybe not distributed throughout the federation i know that orion is not in the federation but still (laughs) yeah period wow that's so true ashlyn and i feel like tendy's reaction to it is so wholesome and very trip-like you know just sheer fascination but she never really got to like visit parts of orion because she was like you know just jetting off to starfleet and i think that 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 it's really cool that the holiday can be that like let me go to places I haven't been before or let me at least visit places that I miss, you know? And that's always what is cool about the holodeck is that you can come back to maybe when you're homesick, you know, I'm sure a lot of people get homesick and are like, I just want to like go to San Francisco bar and just like sit, you know? I mean, so. I would, I would do that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same. yeah. I also like, I was low key judging Tendi for not visiting this place on Orion, but then I thought to myself, how many places have you been on earth, Ashlyn? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Oh wait, in your like hometown. Actually we've been in Colorado a lot. But even Colorado is a huge state, so, you know. Yeah. There's many places we have not been. I've still never been to Telluride. What's wrong with me? That means I haven't either, <laughs> if you haven't. No. Damn. I know. It's a sad, sad <laughs> truth of life, Rihanna. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's go on to Mugaru Gumaru. This is this is a funny transition because obviously Tendi has had a whole season of experience now on the holodeck to the point that she feels comfortable <laughs> engaging in other people's recreational activities to scan them. So the the B plot of this episode is that Tendi is uh, in charge of getting everybody's physicals and all she has to do is like run a medical tricorder up and down them and then they're good. But there's a lot of people who hate going to the doctor, hate getting scanned, being reduced to a set of numbers as Tana says. And so um, Tendi has to prove herself. So she goes above and beyond as usual to get this, uh, to get everybody's readings. Rihanna, you want to talk about the different programs that Tendi's in? Oh God, it's just so good. <laughs> like this is one of the best little montages here because Tendi is so determined to like prove everyone wrong that she is assertive and that she can just like go and get what she needs. She first goes to Stevens and they're 10 forward, whatever the bar is called, tells them to drink more milk. <laughs> like, it's just this funny scene. And then she disrupts someone's abu jitsu class or some kind of uh, like exercising class. And then she goes to the holodeck where this person is like parasailing, paragliding. I don't know. It's on the water. Whatever yeah, I think they're of. paragliding. Yeah. A little glider on top, so I assume. But mm-hmm. who knows? She just comes gliding in, sheer focus. She's got like goggles on to protect herself from the like holographic water and she just scans this lady and like the lady gets surprised at her and the man like thrown off of their parasail or whatever into the water it's just it's so iconic because it's it's tendy's glow up it's i think at the end of the episode she says like a lot's changed since earlier today (laughs) yeah yeah i just i love that so I think that's the only time, though. She's yeah, in the holiday. that's the only time. Um, we're really diving deep here for you yeah. all. <laughs> Look at that. But I also do have a question, and this has sort of been brought up, but not really, because these, like, they're, 
like the idea of privacy on a holodeck is like sometimes respected. I feel like only the senior officers get like private holodeck time. No one come in here, you know. Um, but it's like, how did Tendi, you know, just like come in, and how did they not know? Because I always feel like the arch should open wherever the the people are who are using the holodeck, but that does not happen. Like it's like the arch stays in one place somehow. Uh, yeah, I'm already confused at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. I just want to confuse you more. And there's, I mean, there's no important. answer. <laughs> yeah, it's important to ask the question because I always wonder this too. Like, can anyone just walk in on your holodeck program? Is there a certain like this one's like rated hot and heavy? So yeah, yeah. In. Like I'm doing yeah. it in here. Yeah, you know, like, clearly sock <laughs> on the door type thing. Yeah. Or is it like she had a medical code maybe tend to use, like an override code? Okay. I could see her doing in her like determination to like, I'm just going to scan him, you know? I um, like this. And then they somehow yeah. just didn't see her come in. I think with the arch, like they can't appear in the middle of the water, you know? So it's probably back on the beach. Tendi got her little glider and then set off. And so I'm thinking maybe they were just at the other side of the beach, like... We do notice that sometimes the arch appears right in front of them, and sometimes it appears like down the block, and you're just like, there it is, okay. So, I don't, there's no, it's just plot, I guess. It's whatever works for. Maybe, yeah, maybe <laughs> it's supposed idea. to fit in the narrative of whatever mm-hmm. the holodeck series is to be least disruptive. Oh, that's, true. that's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or in case you're sneaking a, a whole civilization that doesn't know about, like, who's oh. pre warp, then they can't see <laughs> the arch, you know? Oh, God. Guides over. Or I like, know simple things. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. <laughs> this is not a Nikolai podcast. Yeah, I know. I can't can't bring back yeah. TNG in here. <laughs> no, but it is kind of. This is this is the eighties. Yeah, so. this is the eighties. Uh, okay, so now let's move on to Wage Douche. <laughs> uh, do I love this episode? This is a great one. It's basically like everyone has some free time, and Boimler's looking for a bridge buddy, and. He ends up hanging out with Ransom and a bunch of people who say they're all from Hawaii. Yeah, including Ransom. <laughs> including Ransom, yeah. yeah. And it turns out none of them are from Hawaii. Most of them are from the moon, but Boimler's yeah. not. And so they like it goes from a Hawaii club to a moon club. Boimler, he like is full out like Hawaiian shirt on the holodeck with Ransom and the other buddies. It's just not, not great. Yeah. Yeah, not Matt the whale or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, his like little Hawaiian buddies. And they're all lying about being from Hawaii, like including Ransom, we find out later, lied to his commanding officer, not Freeman, but someone on another ship, I believe, or before Freeman, whatever, and just kept it going because then other people lied to him, including Boimler. So obviously the like just the cultural appropriation of it all really reminded me of Voyager. I was like, here we are again, <laughs> just like using Hawaiian culture for our fun whenever we want. And just like, it was just so bad. And I'm glad that Boimler came clean, but he literally said, I don't want to die in a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it oh, reminds yeah. me so much of, I, I've told this story, I think before on the pod, but I love um, on Dear Hank and John, John talks about, there was one time he was injured in Florida he was at a hospital and he like grabbed Hank and he was like, I cannot die in Florida. Florida. Like, please like drive me north of the border before I go. (laughs) And of course he's fine. He didn't die in Florida, but I I really got John Green vibes from Boimler's line. (laughs) That's so accurate. Wow. 
Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just how it goes. They're kind of laughing at themselves. Like, yeah, these people all pretend they're from Hawaii. That's like the most culturally insensitive thing, as Boimler says. Yes. <laughs> yeah. When they're like, if you were from a moon, you would know how offensive that was. <laughs> like, oh, God. Like, okay. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, let's go on to another like wonderful holodeck part Bro, so I've this waiting to talk about this this episode. is room for growth and specifically we are talking about the shacks and ta'ana scene rihanna you're like shaking can you lay it out for us <laughs> i just really love this episode i sort of like fixated on it when it came out and i've seen it like a dozen times it's so good and this scene in particular is like all i remember from it usually because it is very vivid like we're re- literally let me give you i'll give you a little plot mariner boimler and tendy are hearing about this room lottery where supposedly there's four rooms up in deck one and they're going to like they heard that beta shift is trying to not lock everyone else out of the lottery and only put their names in and so they're going to go and do the same thing first and so they have to go all these crazy routes of the cerritos and they go through the holodeck and again we're seeing something about privacy mode here I think that maybe it depends on the person who's doing the holodeck. Like, maybe if you don't mind, it's kind of like in I, my, fr- my freshman year at USF, they literally were like, if you want to keep your door open, like, just be careful. But that's a good way to make friends, too. And so maybe some people are like, well, if someone walks in on my holodeck, like. That's true. I did keep my join. door open, like, my whole yeah. undergrad, like, first year in mm-hmm. the dorms. And I made so many friends because they just walked by. Yeah. I could see, so there you go. I mean, it it's, it's kind of like Tom Paris vibes. Like if you want to have the bar open, you know, yeah. you're just like, Hey everybody come on Fair holodeck hand. free, come on holodeck three. There's a, there's a party, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, but I think to Ada, if this is true, then she is fine with people walking in on their sex. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Totally fine with all their foreplay, whatever, because Tendi asked, she's like, should we really like, Oh, it's in use. Should we just wait or go around? And Mariner's like, no, just stay low and stay quiet. Like, let's just go in and, and get it done. And we'll just go through the hatch. And so I love it because they come into it and it's black and white. And so I love the way that they do this, like, animation of this because it's, like, old timey. And Boimler comes up to the counter and he's like, oh, yeah, I think I remember this. It's called a bonk. <laughs> like, literally now every time I go to the bank, I'm like, I, I got to go to the bonk. Yes, the like, bonk. <laughs> It's just so good, you know, Mariner is, like, making fun of it, you know, she's like, ah, oh, money, like, that's so dumb, like, why did, why are they these, these bonks? Um, and so, then we find out that this is indeed Shaxx and Ta'ana's foreplay, because they love crime play, apparently, and they utilize the holodeck for that purpose. <laughs> yeah, but also, like, their foreplay really gets them into a, a deeper talk, yeah. um, too. <laughs> Which, again, like, no one wants to hear because you don't want to hear your superior officers doing it. You really don't want to hear them, like, talking about their relationship either. Um, Yeah. yeah. So it's a... Except Teddy. She wants to know Tata's secret about how she lost her tail. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, she was definitely fixating on that one. But, yeah, I just... I love the the drama of this scene because it's so silly like who they're hiding from but the stakes yeah. feel real you know yeah. like if they get caught this is not gonna be good well also the stakes are real because Taada deactivates the safety protocols <laughs> 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 and Boimler almost gets shot like there's literally a bullet right by his head but Shaq's freezes the program he's like we never talk about how I died <laughs> we never talk about my feelings oh god it's so funny because like Truly, they live dangerously, and I could imagine both of them doing that, like, going to the holodeck 
and turning off the safety protocols during a bank heist, <laughs> like for foreplay. Because then, then Tata says like, okay, so fine, like let's talk more. I'll tell you how I lost my tail, and then we'll do the quote. We'll do the nasty on the counter and make the hostages watch. <laughs> And Mariner goes, oh, God, just shoot me instead. <laughs> so, yeah, just like oh, a nightmare scenario to walk into. But it's just it makes for amazing television. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, th- I think this is one of my favorite scenes from the yeah, whole episode. It really stands out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, too, just the fact that like to see them in their like bank robbery clothes. Like, they're not just in their uniforms. They dressed up for Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're committing yeah. 100% to the bit, mm-hmm. yeah. I do think that they, like, Starfleet officers in general, if they use holodecks for sex, like, a lot of kinky stuff. Yes. Like, you must develop, you because you can do whatever you want, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and you also oh my lord. always living dangerously, and so, of course, they're like, mm, just gotta... <laughs> Try to replicate that adrenaline on the holodeck again. Yeah, exactly. Go, well, and I guess Ta'ana is the doctor, so if something goes True. wrong, she can just, like, pull the bullet out of Shaq's yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Can't pull it out, out of Boibler's head. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, do not walk in when Ta'ana has a program running. That's just the lesson we have all learned. I also think, do you, does, did it say the name of the program or who was running it when they were trying to get in? No, it just it just said it was Tana's program. Okay, yeah, because I yeah. know sometimes like Picard or like someone will look at the title and it's like, ah, oh, like Horse Paddock Three is in, <laughs> is in use, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, that's true, and maybe that's another way you can see like privacy rules. Because I would not horse walk in on a yeah. on a Starfleet, even if it's just Picard and the Horse Paddock Three. I don't think no. I would go in. <laughs> Absolutely not. I I would no. <laughs> Yeah. Cheers to that episode. It's it's such a good use of the holodeck and hilarious. Ironically, even though that section was called safeties on, safeties were off um, for most of those. For for a lot of those, but it was a fun recreational time we had, Rihanna. So now let's move on to the use and training of the holodeck. Yeah. You know, lower decks is going to be really serious about this. Uh-huh. So we're going to start off with terminal provocation. This is a great example of a way to use the holodeck for something like a class you didn't take in Starfleet because Tendi says she's nervous for getting cargo in space just using like her little like air jets. Rihanna, yeah. can you say more specifically <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> yeah, she she's never done a cargo retrieval mission with her magnetic boots and she never learned how to spacewalk essentially so i i'm sure she took ev suit training but like never did like any sort of eva which is a a spacewalk uh and rutherford is like there's nothing to it you just like stick and magnet stick and you know and she's like what if i forget to magnet and float off into space (laughs) so essentially yeah she just there was a error in her grade and she just didn't say anything and so she never spacewalked <laughs> i love this because this is so real like i've yeah. had actually i literally there was an essay i never wrote in college <laughs> and i got a 95 on it and i i never turned <laughs> it in but i wow. i mean it was for sure a mistake or the yeah. professor was like eh, i'm sick of yeah. this like get me out of here <laughs> yeah. um so i just i love being able to relate to the student life with Tendi. Yes. <laughs> Truly, and that a holodeck could really save your ass is, like, great. 
Yeah, absolutely. Of course, it it doesn't go exactly as planned. I think if Rutherford had not chosen to use Badgie for this particular program, you could easily just practice like spacewalking on the holodeck. And I think it's kind of funny because like the purpose of Badgie, it seems like it's an interface for Rutherford to use the holodeck. No, it's a training program for really for things like Tendi needs. Like, train you on stuff around the ship, train you on, like, certain aspects. So I think it's just, like, a Starfleet training program sort of thing he but was trying to create. I just feel like, couldn't you just ask the holodeck to do this? And it could. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why I'm just, like, why? Like, it's like a remote, you know? It's like a yeah. Siri, like, Badgie, open this program. <laughs> Rather than saying <laughs> computer. Okay, but Alexa Loki is Badgie. Like, she scares me. <laughs> <laughs> Rihanna, don't say it too loudly. Is your Alexa unplugged? I just looked, but she she's not unplugged and she didn't turn on, hopefully. Also, I'm sorry for every everyone's things that I just triggered that are now saying, like, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> if they're listening in your house, sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right, Ashley. I never thought of this, but it really comes down to Rutherford wanting to impress Tendi. And he will not quit in this area. Like that he create he showed her something that was not ready that had you know of course we're gonna learn later on that this code in his brain is like way like has the same program as his first corrupt code and he just forgot it and so that's why he made badgie again because it was the same code he knew before so it was probably gonna happen either way but i think that like rushing this and to try to impress tendy really got him in trouble and this is not a rutherford shining moment at all like he is truly just letting his attraction or whatever he has for Tendi get in the way of like bro your literal code is not ready and it's gonna become an evil AI like it just did you know yeah it's crazy so this makes me question because Rihanna you just made you had a collaboration with Where's Bev talking about <laughs> characters that would say like oh I'm all for hologram rights oh yeah. I have hologram friends, but I don't think they have rights yeah. or just like they have no rights at all, like you know. Just holograms like like Gold yeah. Ducat's point of view would be that or, for sure. Or Worf even. He's like sing Vic. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. I will not help Vic. He's a hologram. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's energy. Yeah. Um, I actually put Rutherford in the I have hologram friends section. That's what I of this. exactly right. That's what I was going to say yeah. too is I totally agree with you. Because he does not respect Badgie. And I think a lot of the problems come from this. Because exactly. when Badgie is loading, and as Tendi says, Aw, look at him try. Um, <laughs> oh like, so positive. I love her. Because yeah. it's true. Badgie's, so like, yeah. grinning. And he's like, let's he's do it. His best. Yeah. yeah, but he can't load. And so Rutherford's, like, kicking him. And, yeah. it, like, hitting him in the proverbial balls. I don't know if there are balls on Badgie. Um, right. But like, he calls him a stupid glitch as well. Yeah, he's not being nice to him at all. And it, it just gives bad vibes, you know. But I know it's because Rutherford is stressed. Like, I don't think he would treat another hologram this way i think it's because it's badgie badgie's it, it's i think it's because it's his creation that yeah. he made and so he feels like his worth as an engineer is all on how good badgie is running right now so that's why he's like freaking out but tendy doesn't care she's kind of like oh just kind of waiting but it's fine you know <laughs> yeah dude that's so true i literally never thought about that but you're absolutely right and Rutherford, yeah, he's literally taking it out on himself, but of course, then it has bigger ramifications because himself, he, you know, he really takes it out on his badgie. And badgie, you know, at literally one point, like, 
I'm sorry to laugh because it's tragic, but he literally says, your fist can't hurt me, father. Maybe your disapproval can not your fist or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's true, though. Like, truly, the things Rutherford said in the very, quote, like, beginning of Badgie's life was all negative and all just, like, you need to be better because I need to impress her. Yeah, Badgie never got over it and it, and it turned into something far worse. Yeah, exactly. And then before we move on, because we're ready to keep going. I do want to note that Rutherford, because of course, as you would expect, the holodeck safeties get turned off by Badgie and he's locked them out of the controls, except Rutherford, because I think at that point they're in space. That's right, is when the protocols are first off and Rutherford's suit gets cut. So he's just like leaking air, you know, Mm -hmm. about to die in space with the holodeck safeties off. Mm -hmm. And he says, computer load a Bajoran market. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, no one else just thinks about changing the holodeck program yeah. altogether to get out of this dangerous situation. And Literally this genius. is this is when we see Badgie's, like, so brutal because he's murdering a bunch of Bajorans and he yeah. wants to... Those I know poor holograms got slaughtered. Yeah, like, completely yeah. slaughtered. But I just want to say, Rutherford, you are, tr- like, such a hero for yes. it. <laughs> thinking of the the smartest way to get (laughs) out of a dangerous situation and use the environment to his to his advantage and that's how they end up beating badgie in the end he's climbing up some stairs he's getting tired because he's is being used or he can feel the physical parameters of the program so Mm -hmm. he changes it to a winter frost planet i think he says like program 83 or something and then badgie gets frozen out and murdered by rutherford (laughs) yeah you snap my neck yeah (laughs) yeah and because we see at the end badgie's quote-unquote like rebooted back to normal um but obviously he's he's not he still remembers everything that happens as we will see in the second part which is no small parts Yes, so let's just go right on with the Badgie jams. Um, (laughs) So Badgie returns in the finale of season one, of course, when they need him most. So the Paclids are attacking the Cerritos, and they have like 30 different types of technology that's been stolen from all these different species. And there's no way to like deal with these weapons or like just deal with them at all. Their Cerritos is getting destroyed. And so Freeman's like, all right, Mariner, I need a half-baked crazy solution. And so Mariner calls Rutherford. It's like, okay, can you program me an algorithm that's going to blow up their ship? They need to find a way to get the algorithm on board the Packlid ship. Uh, they volunteer um, peanut, peanut hamper, but <laughs> she says no and yeets away. And then Rutherford, he just, and he's been having like problems with his, what do you call it? implant yeah he's been having problems with his implant the entire episode and finally when he's back to normal or back on like normal mode he just shoves this program which we find out is badgie's program into his device so so brave and him and shacks go over there they're able to download the virus into the packlet ship but badgie mostly just wants to murder rutherford and so he comes back and he stops the countdown stop the explosion basically like is intending to kill Rutherford, but Shax pushes him out of the shuttle and he survives. Like, it's an, it's an insane episode, and I feel like, like, Rutherford is so brave, you know, and this is such a gamble he's taking because Badgie, you know, is just, he knows he has murderous intent, and especially because he asks, like, I know someone who's morally bankrupt enough to do that, and he asks, like, hey, Badgie, can you make me this virus? And he's like, I already have three for you. 
And, and he'll only do it with the safeties off. Exactly. So he's already manipulating Rutherford. Rutherford knows this is a really dangerous situation, but, like, Peanut Hamper beamed out of that sitch, so, like, it's time for him to do what he needs to do. And, yeah, he turns the safeties off, and he's like, he's like, I've always bought our drink calls. You know, <laughs> the I just, best I line. It. It's yeah. such a good line. And also <laughs> terrifying, like... <laughs> If, what if Moriarty, like, all those years could just, like, monitor cops? I was thinking know? that. I think Loki, he was, like, subconsciously. Yeah. Crazy. So, then the last Badgie is supposedly destroyed. But we're going to see more of Badgie. Because we saw him in the finale of season three. Yes. So, that's going to be crazy. And we'll have more holodeck contents to talk about. Woo! But before we move on to that, Rihanna, I let's finish off this training gone wrong section with I excretus. This is a, another wonderful episode. And if you've seen a lot of Star Trek, you're going to get some wonderful references in this one. And it's another reason why I love it so much. I hate, however, the training lady that they send on board the Cerritos to run these drills with the crew because she is part of the Bem family. And I hate Bem <laughs> so much from the... I, animated series a very cursed episode called bem <laughs> oh, harry bem bem harry bem bem i just yeah i hate hardcore bem. <laughs> yeah. the same energy let's be real yes yeah, she's energy. pandronian yeah yeah so like her body parts are floating around i'm not trying to be racist but i hate bem's <laughs> I, I bem's ancestors can you know what Um, (laughs) anyway so the holodeck aspects of this episode come in in the actual drills that this bem lady is running she is throwing lady (laughs) (laughs) i think her name's like shiri i mean it's funny because mariner calls her like shiri bang bang or like shiri la something but got him i don't know her i don't know her real name she's basically like flipping everybody's situations on their heads it's kind of like boxing day for the cerritos where all of the higher ranking officers like the bridge crew are doing lower decks (laughs) duties and then the lower decks people are like captains and commanders and they're in charge of these missions and so we see amazing scenes is the ultimate holodeck episode yeah this actually i know we were both wrong (laughs) yeah This is the ultimate one because it even it like my favorite reference I think is the fistful of data's reference where Mariner goes into cowboy land and she's like yeah yeah I know how it goes like classic Starfleet you know like you get stuck (laughs) in a cowboy land try to survive Mariner can't even Spectre of the Gun too I was thinking yeah Spectre of the Gun fistful of data's there's always a cowboy although you know what I would have died to see a Voyager cowboy episode but it's fine (laughs) oh Dragage Cote a little hat oh my God stop. Way with like a little gun holster. Oh, but then we would have had Neelix in a cowboy hat, and I don't know if I would have survived. (laughs) (laughs) You just cursed it, yeah. Anyway, um, (laughs) I love that Mariner can't even get on the horse, and later Captain Freeman says, Two years of lessons, and that's what you got to show for it. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't part of this drill's like tampering because sorry, (laughs) Bem Bem, or whatever. She did tamper with all the drills. Literally all of them, so that... Literally rigged. So rigged. rigged. Could not be more rigged. (laughs) And Boimler still beats a rigged drill. I'm sorry, I just have to go off for a minute about this. Okay, go off. It's insane to me that Boimler is put in the Borg drill, which is probably one of the more difficult drills. um, And his first attempt is already 
so much better than all the other people we see because we see Mariner like not able to get on the horse like we said or getting called out for being like left-handed instead of right-handed on the mirror universe like easy stuff I mean freaking Rutherford can't even put on his gloves to open the radiation like chamber <laughs> the reaction <laughs> um needs of the many so it's just like these amazing callbacks to these episodes but anyway so but meanwhile Boiler's first try is like a 73 percent or something he's just determined to get that 100 percent, and so he just decides to keep doing this Borg mission he goes and get grabs the Borg babies the second time around that he like ditched the first time third time he grabs him like two or three borg (laughs) and he only gets one percent more for that i was like wow you're like putting a percentage on these three borgs life right damn that's savage and so i'm just like always impressed by boimler but i think it gets overshadowed by his like dorkiness sometimes and i'm like boimler's like too over the top for me and i'm like he but then you see him in action you're like actually like he literally saved the day by staying in this Borg simulator for long enough, but also just by like doing his above and beyond duty all the time and for being that perfectionist and that like, you know, it just, it obviously is frustrating for him sometimes, but it pays off as well. Yeah, absolutely. Rihanna, that's such a good point. And I think this really shows why he was on the Titan and why, and, and gives you a preview of what a great officer he already is and what a great officer he will become. I just love it because at the end he's like hanging out with the Borg queen and she's like, wow, you almost look human. Cause she thinks he's like an Android <laughs> and he's like, I am human. And then she's like, Oh, you need some water. <laughs> like you're really pale and dehydrated. Like That is the funniest. <laughs> oh, especially the Borg queen delivery. And I was like, that's just that's savage. Yeah. <laughs> Like, she's really pale. (laughs) (laughs) She's never seen the sun. No. No, and the thing is, too, is Boiler taught the Borg Queen empathy in in his last run, you know, and they played chess and stuff. And so he is just, like, girl bossing the hell out of these rigged drills, and I'm just so proud of him. I love it. I also love the, uh, we get to see the senior officers complete the lower decks, lower decks tasks Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and of course they're just like stacking crates in the cargo bay and people are running by like did you see q and she's like q's here and then it's like oh the we're we're being raided you know the the door to the cargo bay keeps opening and closing and they have no idea what's going on and by the end of the day they realize that all of a sudden senior officers and lower deckers are actually talking to each other and people who are across the ranks are having a lot to discuss because they have been put into each other's shoes for a moment, and that's not the purpose of the test, even though it should be. It's actually just Shari Bem Bem's, like, revenge <laughs> against drills being out of date. <laughs> so, I will say, though, that this technology, like, these little portable drills holodecks are really cool, and I liked the technology they brought into this episode, and I always love seeing how Star Trek does different holodecks, you know, and the suites that we've seen miniature ones for Moriarty like it's really endless and so it's perfect that this has a holodeck episode like this where it's going to be referencing so many other either classic holodeck episodes I just love that yet again it's Lower Decks doing references on references and getting to show us all these different holodeck scenarios these training simulations and I truly love that the more Trek you watch 
the more lower decks you understand, you know? It's kind of cool because either way, if you don't get it, if you see Rutherford in those gloves and the, like, Spock Wrath of Khan uniform, you know, then you know, oh my god, like, that's literally what they're <laughs> referencing. But if you haven't yeah. seen that movie, like, it's still it's still good. It's still good entertainment. And so I just always appreciate lower decks for that, too. Yeah, absolutely. Because watching someone not able to get on a horse is, is funny, no matter yeah. what the circumstances or what the reference is. So. Or if you see it a fistful of data. <laughs> yeah, like, you do not need to see a fistful of data <laughs> to watch this episode. <laughs> no, and it is fun watching my girlfriend's reaction, too, because she'll be really like, oh, yeah, that's like the one movie with the god and i'm like yeah <laughs> because she's starting to see more and that's always fun absolutely rihanna well i think we should go on because there are more references to come so yeah. this is our version of the movie series sorry we didn't <laughs> put this in the movie <laughs> series so we're gonna go to the vindictiverse and talk about crisis point and crisis point two or as rihanna says crisis points <laughs> in the dog <laughs> <laughs> can't type <laughs> when our watch list says crisis points you guys will know who wrote that <laughs> i already erased it over oh it's gone from the universe from the vindictiverse mm-hmm. okay. so okay so crisis point uh wow what an origin for the movie to be introduced in lower decks so mariner is extra fed up with her mom more than usual and she gets ordered to go to therapy with the therapist who talks about food. Miglimo. Um Yeah, Mick Who I just realized, because I've been watching Bojack Horseman, it's the same voice. It's the same actor really? of oh Mr. God. Peanut Butter. So I was <laughs> like, whoa. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really crazy. Anyway, but she does not like therapy and is not into it. And so she decides to go on the holodeck and completely hijack Boimler's training simulation that he's doing. And this is one of my favorite Boimler quotes because it just shows you like who he is. He's like, guys, this is an important work tool, not something to mess around and have fun with. Which is like that's the holodeck wrong, boys. Like, what is going on? The holodeck is to mess around and have fun with. That's its purpose. And yes, it can have educational purposes, but buddy, yeah, just yeah, that cracked perfect. me up. And also, I really thought by Boimler because they he says he's downloaded like all of the logs from the senior officers. Yeah, and we need to talk about. This yeah, okay. Sure. So this is a real. This is a lot to unpack here. I am getting Barkley vibes. You know, like he's creating the he's recreating these senior officers as accurately as possible so he can kind of do test runs on them um specifically how he should respond to everything on his evaluation so he can get promoted but i'm also really getting seven of nine vibes because in voyager we saw seven use the holodeck to practice her social skills and i would not be surprised if boyma practices social skills on these people as well so we're seeing again people using Un- unmorally like it's not good but we're we're seeing them use real people on the holodeck to like be better at life <laughs> it, yeah. it's like a very immoral type of training that he's doing yeah exactly and i love that comparison to seven yeah i just think it's so crazy because he literally just is like oh yeah i just got all of their private logs and put them into these holodeck characters to make them as accurate as possible. And Rutherford's like, aren't those private logs private? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, exactly. Like, this is a lesson that should have been learned from Barkley. Like, it's not even that far out from the Barkley time. (laughs) Also, I mean, Barkley's alive. I'm like, sure, he's still alive, you know? Sure, yeah. Also, again, with the privacy, why aren't personal logs coded? 
Like, they should be. Like, I wonder if he got into them. That's what I thought. Like, he broke into them? <laughs> I think so. How Whoa. Else, why else? Like, you'd think that private logs would be encoded. Wow. Maybe only if they're, like, classified or something. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, who knows? someone you help us. <laughs> yeah, um, I need the Starfleet handbook. I don't know the protocol here. Um, <laughs> years of academy training wasted. <laughs> Please email us. <laughs> Please let us know. Oh, God. I mean, yeah. this is a really important business. But anyway, it's still it's still not it good. Is. Yeah, it's not good at all. It's Yeah, it's not good. And I also want to I, I want to backtrack just a little because we have to talk about Da Vinci. I know. I was just <laughs> thinking, how could I ignore Da Vinci? No, it's fine um, because that Boimler thing is very important. So right before that, before Boimler snags the holodeck, he's Rutherford... Tendi and Mariner. Mariner's sulking, but the other two are hanging out with Da Vinci. And it's just so good to see him again in this very short context. They're like heavy shooting practice with him, which is just so hilarious. <laughs> it's like every That's... everyone too is, yeah. is there for it. Like they all have guns, like shotguns, <laughs> and they're shooting birds. <laughs> or like flying discs, I think. Yeah, were. yeah. So Da Vinci seems great. I don't know. He seems to be doing well. Another hologram, Da Vinci. I'd like to think that Janeway inspired a lot of people <laughs> to create more Da Vinci's, I guess. Okay, so then my question is, do you think that's like the same Da Vinci? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, this is what I was wondering a little bit because like, I guess you just encode a different one. I guess it's like the doctors. They're all different doctors. But like, I understand Voyager is obviously not connected to Starfleet because they were alone yeah. for so long. But you think when they got back, they kind of like, it's it's like when you have a new iPhone and you have to set it up, like plug it into your computer. Not <laughs> Vinci got it upgraded. Yeah, no, like you had to plug Voyager into the rest of Starfleet, you know, and like upgrade all of its systems and like save the holodeck program. And yeah. so I just like from ship to ship, how... How how does okay, that work? I would <laughs> because now I'm thinking that yes, when Voyager got back, they encoded it all into Starfleet. They're like, let's upgrade all the holodecks. <laughs> let's get Proton in there, Fairhaven, and Da Vinci got an upgrade. So then, if but here's the caveat: if Tendi or whoever made the Da Vinci program like encoded their own Da Vinci, then probably it wouldn't have its own memories. But I think Voyager. Maybe they have the Da Vinci, like, just standard program now, if you say that, like... Yeah, well, I wonder, because, like, obviously from ship to ship, people like to run the same hollow novels. So something like Captain Proton that Tom created, of course, he probably, like, got some credits or something. (laughs) Um, He became, you know, famous hollow author with Captain Proton and, and Fairhaven and everything he designed. So I would think that, like, this was, like, a Janeway creation, like, Da Vinci's workshop. So when you're looking at a holodeck... Yeah, when you're looking at a holodeck menu on other ships from now on, you can get that Da Vinci. And... Yeah, Rihanna. So who knows? Who knows? Because that you might remember, or if you didn't watch Voyager, you don't remember. Da Vinci like was trying to understand that he was sentient. Like he was yeah. really, he was allowed to wander free in the world, <laughs> and had like a little crisis of confusion. So like, d- is he learning? Like, should we be worried about Da Vinci? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And like the Da Vincis, they know so much, you know. Like, and that Da Vinci at the end of this episode, you know, let's just the elephant in the room is that Da Vinci kills evil Vindicta Mariner at the end of this episode. So really, is Da Vinci like, he's 
he's really the linchpin here, so there wasn't a second <laughs> Mariner movie. Maybe we're going to see Da Vinci in Picard season three, Rihanna. <laughs> but it has to be Gimli. What's his name? I know. I love him so much. Oh yeah. I also just want to throw out, like, my favorite line in this amazing epic episode is literally when Tendi's like, nice shot, Da Vinci. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because Da Vinci says nothing. Like, he has no dialogue the entire episode. Until he goes, not on Da Vinci's watch. Oh, yeah, (laughs) that's right. And then he shoots Vindictive Mariner. Yeah, amazing. Glorious. Oh, so good. So, okay, now let's transition into the actual plot. This is something that gets talked about a lot in Star Trek, that the idea of hollow movies. And I feel like there's different types of ways that people like to interact with these programs um we've seen um, we, we've seen, i can't even say it yeah, we, we've seen objective mode you know um, where you can walk through walls um, that's an important feature don't forget that one we've seen the doctor show a powerpoint in the holodeck and so I feel like you could just put on a movie, you know, like totally. something like Run the Lion King. And if you don't want to, like, be a lion running around with Simba, you could yeah. just show it because maybe it's not sure. been converted to holodeck technology yet. Yeah. Um, so we have these that ways. Disney vault. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that. No. <laughs> oh, my. Be converted. <laughs> no, you get one movie converted every, like, 50 years. Yeah. Like, exactly. and now here's the live action holodeck Pocahontas. <laughs> like, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have to wait another three years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted the jungle book. Come on. <laughs> I wanted to be Mowgli. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So. I want to walk like you, talk like you. Ooh. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but. Or, and then the third option is, of course, full immersion. And so that's yeah. what we see most often in these hollow movies. I've seen characters just talk like, oh, I'm going to go on the holodeck and like watch a hollow movie. Yeah, it's just different ways to enjoy this technology. Yeah, and Rutherford even says in when they go to Deep Space Nine in season three, it's so nice to get to talk about the future because not, we're not on the Patreon. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> When he says, like, oh, I want to dangle my legs up above the promenade, just like in the hollow vids, you know? And so clearly they made, like, a little Deep Space Nine hollow vid, or they just watch Deep Space Nine like we do. Either way, it's phenomenal. And I love that Rutherford just, like, threw that out as a sentence. Because he's like, I want to go meet a junior reporter up there. I'm like, yeah, same. Me too, so, Rutherford. <laughs> I watched those hollow vids. But, um, yeah, so it is... Cool to think about all the ways to use the holodeck and mariner thinks about a very interesting way to use this one by creating her movie yeah she's the villain she's just con she is using a klingon bird of prey like to pose as a starfleet vessel to get the attention of the cerritos and specifically her mom and she like so she hijacks boimler's program so all of their personal logs are still like keyed into these characters and she hilariously, like, writes the script in, like, two minutes. But also the holodeck does naturally fill in gaps and creates narrative because that's its job as it goes. But basically, like, she just slaughters everyone. She, like, ends up boarding the Cerritos and she gets in a firefight. She does have Mariner, or she does have Tendi and Rutherford. And and who's the guy who's supposed to play <laughs> who Boimler was supposed oh, to be. I wrote, I wrote down his name. His name oh, was God. so funny, he died instantly. Um, he was... 
Shampoo. Shampoo. Yeah, he yeah. kind of looked like Boimler, and he brought Mariner coffee instead of tea, and so he was murdered for it. So yeah. sad. <laughs> Poor Shampoo. Yeah, and, and meanwhile, Mariner is doing her, like, judging Tendi for being Orion and assuming she wants to play a pirate, and Teddy definitely does not. So it's just, like, clear that Mariner is really focused on one thing alone and she's like whoever comes along with me fine but i'm gonna see this through the end because she wants to literally as she says quote thanks for ruining my awesome captain murder like she wants to kill her mom on the holodeck that's like tuvok level wanting to kill the elix on the or killing (laughs) (laughs) you remember when he strangled him that was a great episode yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah well and tendy says this is not healthy and this is why i think Obviously, for multiple reasons, like, Tendi doesn't like being stereotyped into this role of it, like, thieving mm-hmm. Orion. But also, she doesn't want to enable Mariner more than she already has been by going yeah. along in this game. And Boimler's completely oblivious because he's just, like, hanging out with the senior officers and trying to figure out, like, what Captain Freeman is allergic to. Does she yeah. like cookies? Like, what should he say yeah. on his he's evaluation? Whole <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he's not really focused at all on what Mariner's doing. Rutherford has fun playing along (laughs) he just just leaves right away though to go talk to billups (laughs) (laughs) yeah he ends up joining billups and they run away together at the end of the movie (laughs) yeah it's actually really cute very wholesome we'll build their ship on our own time and i'm like yeah literally not like you have one hour (laughs) (laughs) yeah i cannot change the laws of physics physics. yeah (laughs) and prep for our engineering series yeah wow look at us (laughs) So also, I just online I thought was great because we are our podcast at one point because we see Freeman is having therapy sessions on the side, and she says to Migley Mo, "I'm I'm overflowing with love and affection," and I was like, "Oh well, we should put that in our series, Rihanna." Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh god, so funny. Um, yeah, so Mariner is really going on a killing spree. She's she kills everyone on the ship basically, some brutally. Like Borg gets. Uh, like Shax gets like a Borg head that's an explosion Ransom is like essentially all all of Mariner's weapons are essentially on Vanish mode so yeah exactly um, yeah it's just it's brutal and it's really amazing though because at the very end here Hologram Mariner comes in and kicks ass and essentially is like no you actually love working on the Cerritos like why are you doing this you know that like you appreciate your mom and what she's doing. It sh- it can just be hard sometimes, like, essentially. And I was like, you know, Boimler did make that mis- Like, he definitely not... He- Boimler definitely shouldn't have taken the private logs and encoded them in. But Mariner did save the day, at least, and helped, Mar- and helped Mariner. <laughs> A hologram Mariner really helped our Mariner, like, see through that forest that she was in a little bit. Yeah, absolutely, Rihanna. I also want to note... And I can't believe I'm the one bringing Shakespeare into this. But I thought the scene where Mariner first appears on the Klingon ship, Vindicta, she says the the line over and over again, hell is empty and the devils are here. And Ransom's like, yes. are you quoting the Tempest? Yes. <laughs> I was like, yes, of course, because every good Star Trek villain quotes Shakespeare. Yeah. And for me, I was just thinking about Attack on Titan. So <laughs> I just did that to see Rihanna go into a spiral. <laughs> the light leaf <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> okay so moving on um 
yeah, I, I also just, I love the movie elements of this episode. I love that they really leaned into it being just a holodeck movie and like an immersive one, like Ashlyn was saying. And so literally at one point, Boimler gets like hit by one of the captions, I mean, like the starring Mariner or whatever. And so it's just so fun to see that title sequence and see the signatures at the end. Like those, those are just really specific details that I really love about this whole Vindictiverse and they just expanded even more in the second one. And so it's really cool to see that this is a movie, you know, and, and, and they're, they're going to do it all the way. Absolutely. And they're not excluding any specific Star Trek because I saw some lens flares on that bridge. I, I didn't see that. Yeah, there I were watching there were lens flares and the Kelvinverse has a specific like chirpy noise. Mm-hmm. Um it's like I can't do it at all it with does. my mouth, but yeah, I, I hope sick. I hope yeah. you all know what I'm talking about. Just totally. like in two thousand nine it like mm-hmm. ricochets around the bridge. But and then yeah, in Crisis Point Two, I think they even talk about like creating a new version of the characters playing them their younger selves. You know, like yes. a clear reference <laughs> yes. to the Kelvin verse. So I really appreciate so that. Good. And the whole premise of Crisis Point Two is that uh, Boimler has now created a movie that he wants all of his friends to go through, and he spent a long time creating this classic Boimler. This was not something he typed up in two minutes like Mariner did. And the whole time, Mariner's saying, like, mine was the best. There's nothing better than mine, you know. But I really disagree. Like, even though Boimler's whole story is a little predictable, I think that Mariner's murder spree was not fun (laughs) for me. Yes. (laughs) So I'm really excited to talk about Crisis Point 2. Yes, Crisis Point 2. Paradoxes. (laughs) Paradoxes. Yes. It's so good. And I was just thrilled getting to see this episode drop because such a great continuation of something we saw in season one i love a good throwback like a whole a whole like almost two seasons later and um and like you said no movie is really safe from escaping these like references and so it's really fun that in this episode we're dropped right in the middle of the action and they're just like this is the movie like we are starting at the end, basically, where the <laughs> three Romulan sister, the three Romulan triplets, the Melinar triplets. I, I was, was going like, to yes. say that has to be the Romulan version of the Dura sisters. Totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like they even kind of have their boobs out. I'm like, yep, yep. <laughs> classic. Um, and everyone has like hilarious names, like Captain Dagger. And I think Mariner's doodle something. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so good to see again. We've got the captions. We've got the movie feeling right away. Yeah, I love it. And they even have people speaking in like too many technical terms in a row. We have the Carol Marcus figure there who's so hot, Mariner keeps saying. And the sad thing about this episode and what gives it so much heart and is so much different from, I I should say it's, it's actually similar in some cases to Crisis Point because instead of Mariner going through, uh, instead of Mariner working something out like through therapy, Boimler is unintentionally like working something out because halfway through or i guess at the beginning of this he's called to ransom's ransom's office and he's given the news that his transporter clone william boimler (laughs) has been killed and it was like a gas leak in his quarters and he died peacefully but it was for no reason and so this is really shaken boimler and it's taken the fun out of the holodeck completely he's not into it anymore he doesn't want to do the love story he is in fact even veering off into a completely random story that the holodeck has been generating on the side 
Um, and then Tendi and Rutherford end up continuing the main plot while Mariner and Boimler follow literally like a wild goose chase to try to find Kalifi. <laughs> Viger essentially is what he's fighting. Yeah, Um, yeah. (laughs) I loved the Viger references. I just love all the different movie references. Just rewatching this episode enough, like hearing the side quotes and stuff when they're in the market about to do the big chase scene and Boimler's veering off looking for Kitiha. One person in the background is like, we're all holograms in a simulation. (laughs) I was just like, oh, there it is. (laughs) Like they just put it in there. And I love that. It was so genius. I know. I was thinking that too. It was like, okay, we got some uh self-aware holograms okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah. join picard's dixon hill friend <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly oh man yeah and it really is incredible that the hologram or the holodeck just generates plot on the side and i wanted to talk about that a little because like we don't see that a lot in the other ones because they're just set out hollow novels or something that probably proton does you know i assume something that you make yourself does then generate plot on the side but maybe it's like a setting (laughs) like you can turn that off and have it just be very strict plot or it can like expand on its own i don't know but either way i'm like that's amazing that in and of itself it's trying to do that and of course boimler is just trying to figure out how to handle this information and so he's trying to put it into the holodeck and it's not working yeah well i think also because the holodeck is a learning computer question mark um like at first as mariner says the holodeck is just populating the people so they have something to look at. So it seems like a more realistic market and you have everyone talking about their religion or whatever, like we have to find it. And I think the computer will only generate that background development if you interact with it. So like at first when Boimler was following this plot line, it, the the main character he was talking with was like loading sort of he was like yeah. it's because i have to go over yeah. you know you're just like waiting <laughs> like the computer over. doesn't know quite where it's going yet but after a little bit uh i would say even like 10 minutes of the episode they do have the computer comes up with a really awesome conclusion <laughs> um, where Boimler like pulls the folds together of this man on his back so he can story <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> literally so he could like see this yeah. map to Kitty Mm-hmm. And it's really the Wright brothers, Kitty Hawk, and he's like, seriously, and I'm like, there's the V'ger, you know. Well, also the Star Trek Five because they yes, the like talking God Rock. Yeah, like they find God Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I also I said this on our Patreon when we reviewed this episode, but I have to mention that I think Mariner says, but we whatever we do, we can't go back in time and like murder JFK because that actually was a plot line that Roddenberry wanted to do a time travel movie where they went back and had to stop the Klingons from shooting JFK. Oh my <laughs> That's just like a hilarious plot I'm line that you have that. to yeah. just take out, please. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Mariner is questioning all along this whole thing of like, where is your plot going, you know? And so then on the other side, we see where Boimler sort of took the plot and it fills in some interesting gaps in like Starfleet history that is kind of cool, you know, that Boimler throws in about apparently there's this like giant algae crisis and there's this like squid named Ambassador Koro who 
communicated the algae or something. <laughs> and so I'm like, wow, how cool are we just seeing this random part of Federation Starfleet history? But also it's a movie, so maybe that never happened. But I know they're time <laughs> traveling. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, but so it, I love seeing... Tendi really getting into this and when she's made captain you know this is sort of feeling like her chance to prove that she could be a good captain and at first Rutherford's just not taking it seriously he's grabbing chips he's grabbing a burger like I'm just having fun in this movie and I feel like that's when I would go into observer mode (laughs) (laughs) grab my burger sit back (laughs) well yeah that's what I'm saying is they're not on the same page because Tendi is like feeling the pressure and stress of being captain of this mission and rutherford is definitely like oh i brought my popcorn i'm ready yeah. to watch this and not be involved not be too involved you know and he, he has fun on the like chase scene and stuff but tendy's the one getting the job done you know and so then once he finds out that tendy is just like wanting to become captain and wanting to take sort of a command track maybe or become a science officer like this is just so exciting for him and so he takes it seriously after that and I really love that, like, he's just so supportive of her and, like, okay, then if you want to use the holodeck to show how awesome you are, but I already know how awesome you are. Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I love that this is when, like, Tendi reveals that she's, like, been thinking about becoming captain yeah. um, because that has not been talked about yet. And um, I think it's a another great way for people to expand what they want in life you know because you can just run a bunch of simulations like wouldn't that be so helpful if you're like okay i'm thinking about getting a degree in this let me like see what the job would be like and then i will go get my degree (laughs) that'd be be amazing that would be save a lot of time and money (laughs) so much is this a realistic thing for me to be able to achieve (laughs) like (laughs) and you know maybe this is why boibler said like this is for educational purposes or this is for like my job interview like actually i would use that prep for job interviews so absolutely yeah i feel it i feel it yeah well so in the end tendy finds something new about herself and boimler he (laughs) this is also this quote is like slays me so and so then at the end boimler he crawls into like the rock god's mouth and this is where he sees the kitty hawk thing then he goes into a vision and this is clear it's not on the holodeck but he has a vision of Sulu in Kirk's ranch in Idaho, like carrying with his horse. And basically he says, basically Sulu like drops some wisdom on him and says that if you spend your life worrying, you won't have much of a life at all. So just like, it's okay. Like I know you're sad. And, and, and he says, I've seen, I've known many friends, some who died like heroically, some who died like tragically and it's random. And that's just, it is how it is. You know, Mm -hmm. I thought it was, I thought this was a really good ending. Yeah, for his fever-induced dream. Yeah, for his fever-induced dream. And then when he wakes up in the in sick bay with Ta'ana, she says, holodeck adventures might be fake, but dehydration is real. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad you said that line. What a, what a great quote. She's like, you got to get out of there every once in a while. Drink some water, some kid. Water. <laughs> yeah. Don't climb inside a giant rock god's mouth. <laughs> yeah, and boy, Mariner kept warning him, like, hey, that thing's emitting a lot of heat, dude. Yeah, literally. Yeah, and so... I just, I love that he gets some help when he's delirious imagining Sulu and some help from Mariner. Really, Mariner's trying to also cheer him up and say, like, 
your movie's great, you know? And, and she says, if it's a Starfleet movie, then it's worth doing. And I just love that because that's how I feel about Star Trek movies is like even the worst ones, I still love and will watch a lot, you know? <laughs> like, let's be real. I will watch Nemesis. I mean, it will be hard, but I will do it. I don't know if I can go that far, but I was thinking uh, Final Frontier for sure. I'll watch. Oh, absolutely. Any day of the week. Um, but yeah, if it's a Starfleet movie, it's worth doing. And if it's a holodeck episode, it was worth doing. And I like, I really loved that they made this into such a great, like, in such, such a great movie verse that they can maybe do more of as well. And that's my message to Paramount is uh, Star Trek 4 is worth doing. Chris Pine is ready. I'm ready. So please, everyone's ready. Let's make another movie. Yeah, literally, let's do it. You know, I'm just, we're all ready. <laughs> we're ready, really, yeah. Just, like, just give us anything. We yeah. Want, we want another movie. I want to add another to the movie series, please. That would be um, so sick. Yeah, I would cry. Yeah, and I also want to say, Ashlyn, I remember you telling me that the day after this episode came out, or the day of, or whatever, that you saw on Twitter about, like, this crazy cool thing they do with the movie verse and they did this in the first episode too with crisis point um where they step over the holodeck entrance you know because the screen is like a different size it's the letterbox and... like that just the way that they filmed those movies was different yeah oh so cool i just think that's incredible and what a cool little like thing to put in there in both of them i didn't even notice until i watched the first one again it's really apparent when Mariner has to leave the holodeck because she actually steps over the letterboxing at, at, the, at the bottom of the floor. Just like so creative. I love to see it. And I also think that's just another like unique part of the holodeck that if you want, you can choose any format. <laughs> you can watch it in 4K, Polaroid, whatever you want. <laughs> you can watch it in 3D on the holodeck. That's like 60, I think. Ah. Oh. My goodness, Rihanna, this has been such a fun episode. I feel like even though our watch list was long, the Lower Decks does such a good job of randomly using the holodeck. It really gives me Voyager vibes where the holodeck is so normalized on the ship and such a, a form of entertainment or training or whatever that everyone just uses it and has a great time. We've seen a lot of different classes take place. Like I know there's an intro we didn't mention where... I think that's Mugato Gamato where Mariner fights Ambu or has an Ambu Jitsu match with uh, Boimler oh, yeah. and Rutherford. I'm sure that was on the holodeck. I think it was um, because Shax but, came oh, in. Shax comes in. Yeah, he's yes. like, I'm 10 minutes early. They're like, please help us, Shax. Because Mariner's like, like putting her sword through like Boimler or through Rutherford's arm. Like, it's really intense. Yeah. Um, she's yeah. like, kid gloves are off. And Shax is like, oh, it's fine. You still have 10 more minutes. I'm just here early. <laughs> yeah. Again, he just comes in. Mariner's holodeck chills, like, reads a book. Yeah, he was like, always like, I see Yambu Jitsu's happening, cool, like, I'll just chill and watch. If it was like Mariner's private sexy time, you know, like, don't, don't yeah. enter, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so this has just been so wonderful to talk about these episodes, and I'm just so happy that Lower Decks does this, like, ode to all of these different series that we do, because it helps us, like, break down all of the wonderful references and helps me remember some of them too, frankly, because I'm like, oh, we just watched that for the series or whatever. So. Yeah, exactly. I feel like Lower Decks checks our notes, you know, like, okay, did we miss yes. any tropes? Thank, thank you, exactly. <laughs> Mike McMahon, for helping. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, truly, even in Crisis Point 1, they have the whole, um, 
I timed it. The entire section is like a minute and six seconds of them looking at the Cerritos after the refit. And then, of course, the ship is destroyed by the end. And so those are just like two massive tropes (laughs) checked off right there. I know it felt like... It honestly felt like there were two intros because you have like the opening theme of Lower Decks and then you also have this like three minute long like glory dedication to the Cerritos. It's just glorious and yeah, dedicating to Starfleet and to Star Trek. <laughs> like what a what a what a ode. So Ashlyn, I'm so glad we got to talk about this. Uh thank you so much for talking with me, Rihanna, and I can't wait to talk about Prodigy next week. So next episode of the Holodeck series, we will be talking about Prodigy and we will have our wonderful little sister, Gabrielle, Gabby girl, Gabby Heard will be joining us. She has been in every other Prodigy episode that we've done. We did the pilot series episode as well as feminism. And I can't wait to talk about the Holodeck with her, especially because she's someone who doesn't know what the Holodeck is. So this is going to be a great uh, perspective that we're going to hear. And uh, I'm not sure exactly when that episode's going to come out. We are going to Colorado for a funeral next week. So we're not sure what that timing is going to look like, but we will be together. So even if an episode does not come out, know that we are very happy to be together. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be taking a lot of pictures and posting them on social so you can look at us having fun. (laughs) Or look at us at least, you know, chilling together. It'll be nice to see you again in person, Ashlyn. It's been a while. It's been a minute since uh, since we saw Kate Mulgrew. <laughs> oh my God, it has been a while. Yeah, so that'll be really nice to see you. And yeah, we're also, we asked her and Gabby has agreed to become pretty much a Prodigy consultant. So every time we do a Prodigy episode, Gabby will be joining us as a member of the Dura Sisters. So we're very, very excited to have her and to just always have her insight because it's always so special to us for sure absolutely yeah what a blast i can't wait yeah it's gonna be so much fun so thank you all for listening and i hope you had a fun time and hope you're doing well and live long and prosper live long and prosper thank you for listening to the dura sisters podcast please tune in next week for the ninth episode of our holodeck series where Ashen and Rihanna will discuss the photonic friends and enemies in Star Trek Prodigy. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check to see our suggested watch list for our upcoming episodes. Also take a moment to check out our content on Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and our merch on Threadless. All links can be found in the bio of any of our social media pages. If you like what you've heard today, please leave us a review on whatever platform you listen. By donating... 1, 6, 12, or $23 per month, you could become a monthly patron and help support our podcast. And depending on your tier, you could be receiving exclusive merch and exclusive new content coming at you every week. Please head over to patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast for more information. If you would like to contact us for any reason, please do so at the Dura Sisters podcast at gmail.com. So far, we have covered these podcast series pilot episodes, family, love and affection, time travel, villains, movies, feminism, death fakeouts, first officers, and the spooky series. If you haven't heard a particular series yet, please go back and listen to any of these awesome episodes. Social media and editing is done by Rihanna Hurd and Ashlyn Gelman. Our intro and outro is by Jerry Goldsmith. Um, computer, show us the warp core.
Wow, amazing. What an impressive feat of engineering. We will be having a uh, farewell to, no, a, um, a end of disco, <laughs> the last days of disco. <laughs> I feel like dad, people on people. Um, we will be having, or uh, let's see, we will be co-hosting the last days of disco, a farewell tour, a farewell tour. Um, <laughs> this is just a nightmare. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna just redo that. Um, okay, so 